Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is proudly sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes the best acrylic paint. They make Williamsburg oil colors and core watercolors and a bunch of mediums and other paint supplies that are the best quality you can get. You can find Golden in your local art store, or you can find out more information about them and their employee-owned company at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee. Since Fulcrum has started me on their subscription coffee program, I've been trying new coffee each week, and there hasn't been a dud so far. Really great coffee with distinct differences in each roast. It's some of the best coffee I've had. And trust me, I've had a lot. The next time you're looking for coffee, check out Seattle-based Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. You can find out more and get their coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com. Sound and Vision listeners get a 20% discount on their order with the code Alfred Studio when purchasing their coffee. Louis Stini is an artist born in Cavalle, Albania, who lives and works in Brooklyn, New York. He attended the Academy of Arts in Tirana, Albania from 1997 to 2000. He immigrated to the United States in the early 2000s and attended the Skowhegan School of Painting and Sculpture in 2007. Louis has held solo exhibitions at Lambda 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 in Pristina, Kosovo, Corbett vs. Dempsey in Chicago, Illinois, Kate Werbley Gallery in New York, Cherry and Martin in Los Angeles, and Vandewey Fine Art in New York. His work has been included in group exhibitions at Grice Bench in Los Angeles, James Fuentes Gallery in New York, Gallery Sultana in Paris, Jessica Silverman in San Francisco, T293 in Rome, Michel Beauchene Gallery in New York, Kate Werbley Gallery in New York, Stephen Zavitas Gallery in Boston, Jack Hanley Gallery in New York, and many others. He was granted a NIFA Painting Fellowship in 2010 and was the 2014 artist resident at the Sharp Walenta Studio Program in Brooklyn, New York. I spoke to Louis from his summer spot in Sardinia about growing up with limited exposure in Albania, a magical experience with Madonna, plowing through difficult stages, coming to New York City, discovery in the studio, and much more. Here's our conversation. so much more it's you could talk to people all over exactly like right now i'm 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 in another country (laughs) oh yeah because you were saying something about the time so you're not down on morgan avenue you're not right over there (laughs) the the reception feels pretty crisp yeah it's good right so you're back home uh no i'm actually in sardinia right now Um, oh you are you doing like a a residency thing? No, I come here. Uh, my wife's from here, so we we come here every every summer, really. Uh, and that's well, a residency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. <laughs> it's but, like a I mean, quality of life residency. <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't have the only thing that that's missing is the you know the the peers you know like uh, fellow right. artists that are. I mean, some friends come and visit every now and then, but it's not the same if they were here for the whole entire duration of the stay <laughs> so yeah but that but, must be 
It, it just seems relaxing. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's it's really it's a it's a special place. It's really uh, I don't know, like it's it's kind of magical. I think <laughs> you know. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's so you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, I've been doing this for. I mean, for the whole summer in the past five to six years, but um, more like nine years coming here in the summer. Like I started yeah. with like a month and then uh, slowly started to stretch it, figured out, out yeah. the, the, you know, the logistics and right. then take it from there. So Now, do you work while you're there? Is it all relaxation? I have been working. Yeah, I've been um, every summer I've been working, even though I feel like this summer has been a bit um, different because I had to go back, you know, back and forward between here and went to see my parents, came back, set up the studio that took like, you know, month and a half went by, you know, before. So because we also rent part of the house that we have two other places right next to this house that we rent to to people. And so when you come in the summer here, you got to, you know, fix the place first. So it takes like two weeks to three Prep weeks time. to like right. get the garden in order and you know touch yeah. up where the leaks were during the winter <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but so. i'm sure that's there's something nice about that right oh yeah totally i mean it's a good like yeah fresh yeah. air totally you know totally. not I mean, like that morgan avenue air it's <laughs> <laughs> brutal Wow, that place is just like a human yeah. experiment, like an experiment, that thing. Like, how, how do humans yeah. behave if you set them up in this kind of situation? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Stress and, they, and a little bit of tension, I think, is involved. Definitely. And they keep on coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. Somehow. <laughs> there must be something to it. <laughs> so does, do you feel this is like the, the natural... Uh, probably a stupid question, but like, is the work that you do when you're in a relaxed atmosphere or a different time zone, you know, climate, surroundings, sort of loudness? I imagine it's a lot quieter where you are. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely quieter. We're you know, it's it's kind of also further away from the busy parts of the island. You know, uh, we're like about a half hour away from the sea. So the sea is always just super crowded with people where up here it's yeah. really quiet. Uh, and I don't know, like if it definitely has affected my, my practice, you know, yeah. um, but um, uh, what's also interesting about it is this, you know, I, I start work here and I bring it to New York. So I, w- I almost never unless it's sculpture, like I've been making some sculptures in the past couple of years, few years. And so that has been the start to finish here, but paintings, I've always been starting them here and bringing them to New York and then continue to work on them there. So it's an interesting thing um, to, to kind of overlap these two realities, you know, like the sort of nature and the, the industrial, like, you know, the two parts of the, the two different realities that I'm, I'm in, in two different times, you know? So, yeah, but it, it, it seems almost more 
realistic in a, in a sense that it's, it's making the transition that you're making. Yeah, definitely. It's and not it, like the painting is a remnant of the experience of one place. Yeah. Where a lot of people do that with, they have like, if they're working between places, it's like, oh yeah, the stuff I do upstate or right. out in the country is, I don't know, it's a quieter, I, or there's a different right. pace or temperament to it. But right. if you're moving those things with you, they're experiencing the same things in a way. It's, it's such a good point because I always, yeah, it's never felt like these are works that I do here, you know, and the things that I, it, it could never work for me that way. It would yeah. be such a, such a straight, I don't even know what that would look like, <laughs> right. you know, um, site specific work. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, even though I've had this, I've had this desire to like, what would happen if you, if you set up like four different places around the world Right. And you're like going to work on one for like three months and then you're moving on to the next for another three. And then and so you keep rotating. And what would happen in this like five years um, on, you know, right. what would that like, what, what would you be making? Like, how would you right. be because there's like, you know, you're bringing stuff with you as you're moving along. But as you're staying there, at least for me, it works that you are affected so much by the place. Right. And the place changes every time you go back. <laughs> so it's like this, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's continually um, in flux. Yeah. Just like you know, nature. I thought about the, yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought about it because I, I, maybe when thinking about your work and looking at how your work has changed in the last, like, you know, 12 to 15 years, right. like I have a certain barometer to you and your work just by being next to you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And then not being. So, and thinking about like my work and your work, I, I, I'm definitely responsive to sure. places and stuff. And a lot of times at work, you know, like I'll have a show somewhere and then I'll make work that's inspired by that place. Now, it's not like always one to one, but, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like I'm reacting to the environment. And I kind of like that because I, I think my internal interpretation of the world is in response to looking at the world and then what I'm looking at. Yeah. Where I've always imagined your work as being, you're out there living and you're having all these experiences and then the work is so kind of like internalized and intuitive and sort of, you know, there's always this like anthropomorphic kind of play between abstraction and form mm -hmm. that are universal in a way, but they're very much your kind of mind, like the way you're inventing these things. Mm -hmm. But I'm mm -hmm. sure it relates to your experience. Definitely. So it's just like, kind of like, inside out like they're inside out versions of the same thing really yeah yeah it's um you know it's it's very um for me they they kind of the work kind of uh, is a is a a, a visual uh, uh, proof of the experiences right or of the journey you know um, that's what they're there for. Like they're there to actually make sense of it all, you know. Because when you have them, when you have them, uh, these experiences um, kind of um, solidified in an image, solidified in an image of, of or uh, you know, or a sculpture or whatever it is, you kind of you have you have um, you know that experience there to revisit. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Your engagement with it 
separate from time and experience is another kind of travel or understanding. Yeah. I guess that's what art that's why art history is so amazing is because you know, you look back at, you know, Dejeuner sur l'herbe or something like you know, or yeah. an old classic work or something, and then, you know, we have our interpretation of what was happening then, but then our own relationship to that work through the history of stuff that's been made after. Of course. Which is really what makes it kind of timeless and why people keep going to see work, you know. Definitely. It's that constant evolving conversation of visual images. And I think if it never evolved like that, we would just not work because it would be like, well, it's done. We've, it's already been done before. I and just went to MoMA and I saw like, you know, work from like Cal- the Calder show blew me away. The Cezanne drawing show blew me away. And it's just yeah. in thinking about everything in between, I see Calder differently now than when I was in, you know, in art school. Yeah. Completely differently. Totally different understanding or you know, appreciation of it. Of course. So that's kind of fun, you know, that, that change. I mean, that's, that's the, you know, it's like reading, uh, rereading a book, you know, like it, every time I do that, I kind of am surprised of like how much I had missed from the previous reading (laughs) or, you know, or like, have I changed that much? Like my worldview or my, you know, the the way I I absorb information has it changed so much? It's all it's so it's so interesting, you know. And Definitely. the thing about the visual language um, as opposed to the written language is that it's so I feel like it's so much more um, uh, timeless. Or like it, you know, you like we would have to to have a translator or something to, to bring that text back to present, you know, for us to understand. Right. But like um, a lot less is needed in a visual form, you know, like you just like get it, you know, it's not, Definitely. it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I, that's why I, I feel like music is the even easier one. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beyond. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's like the, it, anyone can just hear rhythm or, or tone and you know what I mean? Totally, yeah. With visual, it's like, yeah, it's, you can, you don't have that, the, the translation of words, which sort of simplifies, but you do have like cultural complications and you know, you have, I mean, that exists in music too, but I think on the ground floor, it's like anyone can listen to a beat or a song and just kind of get it, you know, it's the great communicator. Totally. Totally. You know, like Did I have listened to a lot of music. I mean, is it, was yeah. that big in your life? Uh, well, of course. I mean, who, like who can't, I know, listen? I know, I, 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 but every once in a while you find someone who's just like, yeah, I'm not that into music. And you're like, wait, yeah, man, no, pulse? like, um, uh, no, um, I, I definitely, I, I didn't have it at growing up because of uh, the reality where I grew up was, uh, you know, it was communism of a, like North Korea style communism. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, restrictions of what you could listen to and what you couldn't. Yeah. And also, um, even if you had the ability to like, you know, to, to, to find something like, where would you play it? Like, I, you know, you would have to have like right. a cassette player. There was no, cause you know, I, I the, where I grew up, the way I grew up, my parents both worked in factories. And so I wasn't part of the, my family wasn't part of the elite or the, you know, like the, 
we didn't live in the capital city where people had a little bit more and you know um, more connections with people that traveled abroad and brought stuff right. back so for me it was very uh it was at the beginning when i growing up it was very arid in that in that regard but as i was you know as things started to loosen up a bit um then music became, you know, became more present. And then, you know, when you're so hungry and you just like listen to anything really, you know. Right. And then you slowly grow, you know, as you're growing older, you start to be a little pickier with things and, you know. Right. And, um, but I do remember going back to that thing of like, you don't need anything. You just like listen to something and you get it. And it's like the first time I listened to the Velvet Underground. It was yeah. when I first moved to New York. Uh, back in 2000 right. and I didn't know anything about them at the time I didn't I had no um, um, idea what like the art scene you know how they had the Warhol connection all that like stuff like none of yeah. that I just listened to the album and like I was like that's like this is it like I, I you know like I nobody needed to explain yeah. me anything you know right right no and background it, needed. Just nothing. right into it. And it's amazing. It's so it's so like so amazing how that happens, how that works and like that's like proof of you know just trust it. The universality. Like if you're, yeah, of music. like yeah, it's yeah. sound, you know. It's like so Definitely. Well, yeah. do you remember? So, what's the name of the town you grew up in? In Albania, um, right? Yeah, uh, I was born in Albania, a town called Kavai, which is about forty kilometers, forty-five kilometers from Tirana, the capital city. See, and I know it, a little something about that town. I believe. Really? Don't they have a good soccer team? They used to. I don't know what they're doing now, but they they had um they had a good soccer team back. Um, it's it's on and off, you know. Like sometimes they get like a good couple of players or a good uh, you know coach, and but I don't I don't know what the what the state of things is now. I've seen the stadium where they train, and it's like yeah. it's it's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but they, if I'm not mistaken, they had a player who was amazing. Yeah, he was from that town. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, wasn't the club called like Bassa or something? Bessa, Bessa, Bessa. Um, yeah, and that guy. I'm sorry, I forget his name, but I think he was the captain of like a French team, and he was like huge. Like, um, he was really well known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, uh, what's his last name? Soccer fans are kicking us right now, but yeah, I, I can't. That's I can't. my my in. That's yeah, what I know. It's about amazing that town. you know this. I I actually I don't I don't remember. I can't recall his his last name, but I know of the guy. I've heard I've heard of uh, of this guy being yeah being a really talented soccer player. Who yeah, was like a legend. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's always been one every now and then. Like I remember my my dad's cousin was a soccer player back uh, back in the day, and. He like he brought the team to you know to to a really good point, uh, and yeah. everybody in the country knew about him. You know, right? So right. it was really. It's <laughs> a hero. Yeah, it's a hero. Sports always well, so, do that. Yeah, definitely. Well, growing up, do you remember the first like song or music um, or something that hit you that you were like, "Whoa!" You know. Well, it was um, a lot of a lot of songs that I we were into were like that we would music we were, we were listening to then was these festivals that the, the state was organizing you know 
Again, but communism, it was, right? Yeah. So it was like kind of forced. <laughs> Everybody had to have like a really strict pose while they were singing. You couldn't do <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff with your body. Right. And then your, you know, your clothing had to be, you know, sort of like, so nothing interesting there. Like I just didn't, I didn't find the, I didn't find it interesting. You know, it wasn't yeah. something that I really, but then like, Italian television, you know, um, uh, was really interesting. They were doing the Sanremo was, uh, you know, when I was a kid, they were starting to, so it was like popular music of, from Italy mostly. And uh, I remember Adriano Celentano was somebody who, who was really big, you know, like we loved him. And then, um, um, uh, so th- these were the early, early memories of music, you know, but it was also right. connected to not a record. You know, it was it was always um, visual, too, you know, oh, like, yeah, that's right. Cause it was yeah. always that through was television. the way you got it. Yeah. So it was a different it was performance, you know, not yeah. just sound. Right. You know, uh, but the very first experience of like a song that was purely like something that really um, sort of like shocked me, excited me and <coughs> sorry, <coughs> was um, I remember it was uh, in early 90s, a friend of mine's brother had um, left the country, gotten to the embassy, uh, the German embassy uh, back then because it was still communism and it was the, the last period the last couple right. of years you know and so a lot of young people broke into these foreign embassies of like germany italy you know france and 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 asked for political asylum you know they wanted to leave the country yeah. and so my friend's brother got into the german embassy this way and then got sent to germany where he then you know was a refugee there and then an immigrant and he had sent back to him a cassette player Mm-hmm. to his brother you know and um you know you have to imagine the landscape was like dirt roads like everything was just really poor you know uh, yeah not nothing really and so this guy had this this friend of mine had this cassette player and some like we would do like we would exchange things with each other like you keep my my soccer ball for like two weeks and I keep your cassette player for two weeks and then back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So I got his cassette player. I don't know what I gave him. I, I can't remember, but like, um, so we did this exchange and then, so he gave me the cassette player and it was a Madonna cassette in it. And so I take it. Um, um, and it was like a virgin. It was a song that was right when, so I took the, the cassette player and I put the headphones, it was headphones, imagine, yeah. like, um, right. you know, not having stereo system at home at all, like not having a sound culture at all in the, you know, in where I was brought up. So put headphones on and hit play. And then this song comes on. It was like, holy shit. It was yeah, like, yeah. what? Like, imagine that sound, you know, like so beautiful like it was like magical <laughs> yeah and it's not like guitar bass and drums we're talking like synths and it's like yeah the 80s, yeah know? yeah but it just felt like it came from the sky because of the headphones yeah. and so it was just like it was like a miracle almost right or like me. a virgin so <laughs> and like i was a virgin i was like you were like, like a sound 13 virgin. year old or something <laughs> And like a virgin in the sense of Madonna's music and music. Yeah, like, virgin in, in many different ways. Yeah, 
Well, how, what did, what runs through your mind today when you hear that song? You know, I does it always, take you right back, or um, is it? It do does a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it has waned with time, obviously, but right, right. It really does have like I always listen to Madonna of that, you know, like of that period. Like it was so, something, you know. She just yeah, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we. I think we all have those. Like I had, my dad had a. One of the first seven inches he got, had was like a, the Eagles. Yeah. And it was running on empty, I think. Was that the song? Uh-huh. And anyway, but like when I hear or think of the Eagles, I don't really like the Eagles, but when I hear that song, yeah. it, for good or for bad, it like transpose it. Like I just go back into that realm for a second and think of like when I'm a little kid, you know? It's, it's funny it's how it can take you back. Deep memory, you know, of that Definitely. kind. Like it's so, like music, which is so. Um, um, penetrating as a medium, yeah, and that age together, like I know, it's, it's just it, it's like, unstoppable. It's a, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. wonderful. Well, so and then how growing up, it sounds like you grew up pretty, you know, it was bare bones. It wasn't like <laughs> pretty you, bare you know, bones, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but how does creativity enter your life? I mean, um, was it something you even had time for? Like, you know what I mean? Was was right. it something early on? Did you like drawing, or where, how did that happen? Um, you know, it's it's funny because it's uh, I, I always um, loved doing things with my hands. It was something, and you know, not having a lot of toys and stuff, you'd had to kind of like invent your own yeah. toys, you know, make your own stuff. And so you always kind of like grab some blocks of wood and some like. Uh, you know bottle caps and like did stuff like that with friends so that was just like the basic thing but also I remember um, this moment when I was sort of like um, awed by the by art making you know I I didn't know what it was then it just but uh, I remember being in this uh, summer camp with my parents I was six years old Maybe yeah, something like that. And we went to this to this like camp in the, the workers camp in the mountains in the north. And um, when I was there, there was this guy who would come and make landscapes, you know, and like paintings or drawings. Yeah, paintings, just like a, a, a an easel, you know, yeah. like the portable easel with three legs and like. Right. I had never seen something like that before, you know. Yeah. Uh, and. When I saw that, I was like, what is this? And so I go and I, 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 I stand next to him and I see what he's doing. And there's like a, 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 a haystack in front of him. And like he's doing some like <laughs> pretty like, you know, regular landscape, whatever. I don't even. Right. But for me, the idea of like the thing that he was making by looking at this other thing, the thing, the painting was like this magical moment like the what what he was trying to depict wasn't as interesting to me as the the thing itself as the object right. the painting itself you know yeah, yeah. and so that was just like i couldn't i couldn't shake it off anymore you know and so from that right. mom, moment on i i just kept on drawing kept on you know like and i actually remember i was at bagging my dad i was like can you please buy this painting from this guy? You know, oh, yeah, you wanted the painting. I itself. wanted the painting because it was just this magic moment, you know, like this special yeah. moment. 
And of course, my dad couldn't afford to buy a painting. He was like, you know, uh, working at this glass factory. He was like, but, he's not buying uh, art. No, there was no, you know, that's not the high on the priority. There, there wasn't like he was like, I brought you to this cam, dude. Like, leave me alone. Enough. Look at it and walk away. <laughs> but be- maybe it was b- better that I didn't. He didn't buy it because from then on, no, I was just trying to re- you're an artist. remake that mo- remake right. that moment. You know. Yeah. yeah, you're like I gotta make these for myself. Now. <laughs> it's that old adage of like, don't give your kids everything, because like then they'll just want you to, you know, they just want it. But yeah. if you like make them, it's the the what's the the fishing line? Yeah, teach yeah. a man to to fish. Give a man a fish. Good, you yeah. feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish. Yeah. He eats for totally. life or whatever. So that's yeah. That, I guess that's that was the moment we figured it out. That was yeah, it was, and moment. it was it wasn't even like a, a thing of like oh um, I'll make art because you know you can imagine that there was no museums, no really like anything right. like that. So um, for me, it was just this very magical thing. It wasn't. It yeah. was this this thing that could not be. You know, elsewhere, you know, you only you could have it, you know, or only you could make it. And so it also matched my personality being an introvert and sort of sensitive little kid like I that was I could create my own world. You know, I could I could actually find a find a, 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 a way to to express myself just one on one, you know, like the pain, the, the right. thing that I'm making and myself. So do, do you think some of that was caused by, was it just your natural sensibility or do you think some of it was growing up in a situation that was probably a little more trying or not quite as, you know, I mean, some kids grow up, you know, in our neighborhood here where it's just like, you know, yeah. the celebration of creativity and expressing yourself and having things is from the you know, before they even understand it. So, but it sounds like you grew up in a situation that was much more challenging as far as like that kind of, you know, thinking about creativity in that way or expression or imagination, you know, as a vehicle for something greater, you know, like artistically. Yeah, it definitely, it, um, I, I believe, so I believe it, it has played a role in how, how I, um, approach art making today, you know? Yeah. And and what what has what you know the circumstances definitely have shaped the way I see um, I see the you know the making of something um, not as an object of value financial value yeah um, but as something that carries more than that you know that carries something that uh, is a, 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 an experience you know. Right. Um, but I'm sure if I, you know, it would have been a little different if if I grew up with like, you know, fancy museums around me and like, uh, you know, my if my parents were collectors of art, you know, or if my uncle was or whatever, or, you know, if I saw my neighbor artist who you know was glamorous in his you know selling his work and doing it maybe like my opinion of it would have been a little different but um i didn't have that so for me it was mostly like um a way to 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 explore the world you know through this you know through um, the imagination too right yeah yeah exactly and also such a such a simple way to 
to explore the world, you know, such an immediate, like I didn't need much, you know, I didn't need to convince my friends. I didn't need to convince my parents. I didn't need to do, you know, I just like, all I needed was this thing to like, you know, explore the, you know, this, this fantasy I had in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, you didn't need a crew. Yeah. Like a it film was crew or, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I always, um, I, I was always shy with that kind of stuff. Like I, I had lots of friends. I was, you know, I wasn't like a loner, you know, but when it came to this moment, like this kind of, this, this personal sort of like internal, uh, um, um, like the emotions I was going through, that was very, very intimate, very personal. I couldn't share it. I couldn't, um, because I also had the fear of like maybe not being understood you know, um, uh, so, um, yeah, this was like uh, the the best way to do it (laughs) for me. It's funny. It's funny too, because it's kind of a nature nurture argument because you never know, right? Like, Oh, would I be that way? Or would I have that relationship? Cause like I grew up now, granted my parents, we didn't have a lot of money and my parents worked really hard, like double shifts and, you know, I was a latchkey kid and, but we had a house and we had food, you know, like we had, Yeah. a good school and yeah. culture like yeah. I grew up in a place where there was museums and stuff so I was a, in, in Pittsburgh's kind of an arty town you know like mm-hmm. Warhol's presence is there and you see sure. stuff Sure. and there's the arts fests and all that but I still had that moment I think that's probably comparable to what you're talking about when I was a young kid on a field trip in school we went to the Carnegie Museum yeah. and I remember seeing a big I think it was a Rothko it was just a big abstract painting and I had that same moment of like the magic right. of like what right. and in that it kind of lied within the abstraction a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was like what this is just color and it's huge yeah. and it just was mystical and i was fascinated that that existed i didn't yeah. think about it selling or it being in sure. a museum or any just, of that stuff just as a thing just like yeah. what is that and mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. and i didn't like you said i didn't go out to make art the next day or anything it right. was just kind of like unlocked a road in my brain that, Amazing, that yeah. later on I ended up driving down, but Amazing. I didn't know it at the time. So I don't know who knows. Maybe you would have had that same kind of like, of course. Yeah. You never moment know. Just in a different shape or something. You never know. Yeah. I mean like, uh, of course, if, if that's your wiring, you know, right. It's, it's, it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know, I hear, yeah. you know, all of like, all of like your story is similar. Um, and friend, other friends of mine who I talk to like very similar, you know, and, and some of us are, we're lucky to, to, to find out earlier than others, you know, yeah, definitely. So you don't lose that time, but right. you know, same thing, like even, even a little later still like, um, you know, yeah, and, and it, I also, I feel like it's lucky too, the time, not a, not only how old you are, but like when you were born too, because I feel like these days, I don't know, back when I was a kid and growing up in my situation, it was like, if I said I'm going to try to be an artist, people were like, well, good luck with that, you know, but <laughs> they didn't say like, that's irresponsible, you need to make money. I mean, I didn't have that kind of parents. I'm sure that some people did. Yeah. But I think these days it's so much harder in a way because, you know, they're like, well, it's very expensive to go to school and like, where are you going to make your money? And then people have a lot, like if your dream is to be an artist, you know, being pragmatic and responsible can 
crush that dream a little bit. Yeah. But those who those who really want it do it. They find a way. I think. That's that's it, and I, I think it's like um, that's the that's also the test, you know. Yeah. It's um, you know it's a it's you're constantly being like every whatever year or whatever uh, moment in your life you're faced with this moment, and it's like, you know, are you gonna continue or is it you know, and yeah. and I feel like once you pass a few of those moments then it's solid then it's just like you just just like plow through the next one (laughs) you know it's like there's no question like yeah yeah, like i don't have like i don't like i'm struggling financially like i'll figure it out like it's not a question of like oh maybe i made a wrong decision like maybe i should rethink this no it's like how do i survive but like i'm not gonna stop this (laughs) it's like you're you're a kid walking out on that frozen lake and you get to a certain point to where you're like, well, <laughs> like you hear the cracks a little bit <laughs> and you see a thinner area and like, well, I'm not going back now. I just gotta, yeah, you just got, yeah. I got to yeah. try to make it happen at yeah, this point. I'll probably like, crack and fall in on the way back anyway, so I might as well go out there, you know? You, you, can't. you just have that kind of like resolute, like I'm doing this. But yeah, I feel like to your point that that test is always there. And, you know, sometimes when I have like younger students or people ask like, well, you know, do you think it's should I go to New York or should I go to LA or should I go to Paris? Should I try to do this thing? Yeah. And like, you know, it'll answer itself, you know, because it's not easy and it's, it's a test constantly. So if you're not ready for it or if you don't have the, the withstanding, it's fine. You'll just go move somewhere maybe a little easier or like not quite as crazy. Sure. You can, you know, carve out a path that, that fits for you, you know? For if sure. you're bonkers enough like we are to actually deal with this crap every day where we do. <laughs> I mean, like, it's amazing. You know, uh, you're still in New York. Um, uh, a lot of a, a lot of people I know from back in the day are still in New York and we're still doing our thing. And I just every time I see somebody who I've known for a long time in New York, I like I just like want to hug them. I'm like, hey, yeah. we're still here. We're, we're, we're still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Made it. Let's right. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only no, we know. Only we know what we went right. through. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I don't know if this happens to you. You'll meet someone who tells you a story because I talk to a lot of people. We'll tell you a story about like, yeah, I moved. I moved to uh, you know Brooklyn in '78. I know. That's and the, you're like, yeah. holy cow. Then you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they're like a god. Like you lived through that. You know what I mean? Some of those stories of yeah. like, you know getting attacked on your way to the studio i mean it's amazing how resourceful you have to be right i know how how adaptable you have to be to to things and it's just so amazing you know yeah i think it you have to um you have to have a certain amount a certain skin for it you know yeah it's either you have to have a blind love for what you're doing and you feel like you got to be at the heart of it or what you feel is the pulse of it because you know, you can make art anywhere, but if you do go somewhere like, you know, New York or Chicago or LA or something, there's, there is more of an intensity to the, the community for better, or for worse, but you've got to have that, you know, like that's paying off for you because some of the other stuff definitely does not pay off quality. Yeah. <laughs> you're paying for, you're paying very dearly for a lot. <laughs> so you got to enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I know. And, and, you know, every time I'm outside the city for a certain amount of time, 
I do feel relaxed in a way, but then I get that antsy, like I want to be doing stuff. And then there's the also, also the cultural side of it too, of like me too. I yeah. feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like you need it. Like in New York, I mean, you can get. I don't want to uh, people who aren't listening to this aren't in New York can be like, all right, enough already. But it's just, I mean, there's a lot of crap that you have to deal with, but the 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 resource like being able to eat around the world and like have all these different cultures and i mean it's just no there's no place like it there's no place like it i mean traveling around you know traveling to different places i've never come across something like like new york and it's also like the other thing about new york is that like you know in other places you after a while you spend time there and you're like okay so i got this now you know like now i'm like i can just chill and you can't chill in New York. No. Doesn't like, <laughs> you. All, like it just feels like you just moved to New York. <laughs> Even when you think you got this, something happens. And yeah. You're like, oh crap! I don't. Got and it's this. like all of a sudden they changed the game on you, and you're like, "What? I have to like yeah. read." <laughs> I know. Keeps you on your toes. Maybe that's you know something to be said about that. I guess you can't rest on your laurels. You know, yeah. it's like you're always kind of for good or for bad. You're you're on your you you know you're you you're sort of like always aware yeah. of your surroundings and change and stuff, which I think can sometimes. Well, I don't know. Maybe for certain people, for me, it can be good energy-wise in the studio and thinking about making work. Yeah, because sometimes I fantasize about just moving out into the country and having a big studio and you know, downshifting, making work, but being able sure. to like pace it differently. Sure, and but I think you know. I- it's i think the person just feeds like you'll know when that's the time or you'll know when that's right for you you know everyone has a different you know pace in a certain part of their life i guess and also like development as a person you know or or journey you know it's all about i feel like in new york the thing about new york is that when when i go back to new york after being out for a little bit um there's this thing like you do sense like the psychology of everybody around you, you know, like you're yeah. reading, you know, you're, you're, you're absorbing it all, you know? And when you're, when you stay in New York for a long time, you're still doing that, but you're, you've sort of, you know, it's just like that, that sound in your ear, your brain shuts it off, but it's still happening. Yep. You know, yep. it's yep. the same thing with, with this uh, interaction with that people around you. Right. It's still there. You're you're still trying to figure out. All, you're absorbing all this information, and you feel exhausted at times, and you lose your you know your cool, and you get angry. People honk at you in crazy ways, and everybody's experiencing that thing where it's like there's so much like you don't elsewhere in the world you don't get that kind of um, uh, density Tension. of yeah. yeah you know yeah, with sure. rules too. Because it's not right. ruleless, you know, like there's like rules and regulations in the city. So <laughs> that also just builds up that, you know, you get parking tickets all the time. You know, you're, yep. I got yeah. like uh, uh, tickets on my bicycle running a red light, you know, five times. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is the the rule, the unspoken rule. Like there's nowhere where these rules are like written out. But my favorite is the one where you go in somewhere and you order something like there's a pace to it. You can't go slow with that. Like you can't just casually. <laughs> no. And but what happens then is when you leave New York and you go somewhere else, you're so rude. 
Because oh, you're know, going in and you're just like, you're not saying, hello, good morning, how are you? And can, may I please have this and that? It's like, it's just like, can I have this? That's tough. And yeah, yeah. Looks at you like, you're like, can we speed this process? <laughs> Where did up? you come from? <laughs> and you go into this, like I, I went upstate recently and we went into a little bakery and there's no one in line. There's no one anywhere, you know? Yeah. And, and they're taking a while to come take our order. And I'm like, uh, I'm thinking to myself, are we going uh, to do this all day? <laughs> Yeah. There's no reason for me to be in a hurry. It's just I'm wired that way. It's crazy. Yeah. It takes me Although like, I think you you it only takes you a little while, I'm sure, to, to slow down. It to, takes me like a week, a week now. Yeah. But it took longer yeah. earlier earlier oh, on. Oh yeah. Definitely. You know? And I yeah. would come across as this 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 rude guy and I was like, I gotta really like you know <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is that people don't understand who aren't in that environment yeah. is that's out of survival because if you're not like that, like I drive in the city. Yeah. If you drive slow or if you're not like a little crazy, <laughs> you'll get run over. Like you're not going just, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You won't make it. You gotta, it's like a survival technique of some sort. <laughs> it's you know, true, it builds man. character. Yeah. And it's like, you can't explain it to anybody unless they live it themselves. Right. Definitely. Now, did you always like, moving to New York, was that something that you thought, like, when did that happen in your mind? Like, okay, I'm going to go do that. Because you went to school in Albania, right? Yeah, I went, I, I studied at the art academy there uh, from 96 to 2000. And I always wanted to be in New York. I don't know what, yeah. like, I, I wanted to be in a big metropolitan city in the world. Um, as a, you know, to make art, you have to be in a place like that. Otherwise, I mean, initially, I don't know, maybe later on in life, you or other people have different. But for me, it was like, I need to be in a big place with a lot of other um, like minded people, other artists, yeah. other, you know, and New York was like top of the list. You know, I'd never been to New York, but it just made the most sense to me. It just felt like from what I had seen on television, from what I'd heard, you know, it was like that's the place, you know? And, um, but I had no idea how I was going to do that because <laughs> yeah. it was impossible to, you know, we couldn't get a visa to travel to Italy, let alone like go to the, the States. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, I had a lot of different scenarios in mind how to do it, but, um, and initially I thought I would just go to London or maybe Berlin, um, illegally, you know, like just, to to be there I didn't care you yeah. know I just wanted to get out and but then one day I applied for this uh, this it's called you know the diversity visa program but they call it the green card uh, lottery mm -hmm. where you fill out a form it's a very simple process initially you fill out a form with your name last name and a photo age and education mail it and then that gets processed um, and uh, a randomized pick uh, of these one of these forms uh, is happens and then if you happen to be one of those picks you win the right to reside in the states permanently right off the bat like you just don't need to you know you don't have to do anything you just uh, fill out this form and then they send you if you're if you're picked then you send some more information like criminal records and all of that stuff and and I, I, I did this thing. I, I filled out the, the form. I was at the post office. This guy was selling the form on the street. I had a couple of 
photos in my wallet and I, I bought it. It was like the, the equivalent of a dollar. So he wasn't even supposed to sell them, but like it was, you know, 90, right. 90, <laughs> 96, <laughs> 97 or whatever it was. Yeah. So, um, and I mailed it. And I forgot about it. A year later, this, the, the, uh, the mail guy comes in and is like, you won the lottery. And I was like, really? What? And he's like, yeah, this is the, cause he, he, re, um, 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 recognized the envelope. And he every knew. time he delivered an envelope like that, he got a good tip from people. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You were happy. <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's how I, I decided to move to, to the U.S. and New York. But I, I, didn't, I mean, didn't move to New York right away. It was first Fort Worth, Texas for a few months because that's where my relatives the only people i knew in the states that's where they lived so i went there for a few months they were so kind to show me how to do things you know and then i got in touch with a friend of mine from my town who was uh, living in the bronx and so he was he told me to if i wanted i could go move in with him and the two other dudes he was living with and so i bought a plane ticket from Fort Worth, Texas, and I went to to the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That must have been something else. That transition. It was it was crazy, man. It was really looking back now is so Fort Worth was like slowly. I like recall these moments. And I'm like that was strange, you know. Like it was just yeah. a strange place, um, and so. And then the Bronx was another strange place, you know, very, uh, very different in, you know, different ways. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was. A, it well, was did a, when you came though it was after school? You applied to this thing after you got out of school. I applied while I was in in, in school and oh, while you were in there. Okay. Yeah, and then it so happened that the timing worked out perfectly, like. I got the visa and I had six months to to leave. And right. so I stretched it all the way to the end. I had to do my final thesis. I wanted to really finish this chapter of my life. And so I was able to do that. I finished it. And I actually remember I my dad had a van. So I put the artwork in his van along with my duffel bag that I was bringing with me to the States. So we go to the gallery of the, of the Acad the art Academy. We left the work there and then to the airport. Wow. And then <laughs> when you cut it off, you're like five yeah. seconds left. And you're on the plane. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a whirlwind. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so now you, you basically, can live in the U.S. as long as you want. Yeah, you can go back home as long as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, now I'm a citizen, so as I've been living for like living to in the states for 21 years now. Right. So I'm well, like did, half of my I life. Mean, were, were people back home kind of jealous that you got that? Yeah, I mean, like everybody, everybody was, um, everybody was really, you know, my, my parents were sad that I was leaving, excited, but also happy for me, but also just like heartbroken, you know? Yeah. Because they weren't used to having, you know, children leaving, you know, they, they grew up near where their parents lived. And so, but uh, a lot of my friends were, yeah, they were psyched for me, um, it was more like excitement, like, yeah, go, do, you know, like amazing. Because it was also at the time the country was really 
it was a difficult reality then you know we had a there was a war that happened in 97 and things were really you know that that kind of set set the country back uh by like a decade or something yeah that that region i mean it's between kosovo you know it's there's so much going on there yeah that must have been tumultuous you know totally it was it was really you know because it's like i went through the change of regimes that was i was 14 then and so that was a pretty shocking you know event imagine like all the history books yeah like everything that you learned up to then you had to forget about and then like start learning something new a new version of things so the teacher who had taught marxism leninism all of a sudden started to teach philosophy like Nietzsche and like you know Hegel and like we're we're just kidding about that other stuff all right let's jump into this so like that must have been really so how do you how does that happen you know and there was no books yeah it was just crazy it was it was surreal actually it was a it was a a really strange reality and you know you couldn't we didn't have books printed yet because things changed so fast so we had to like write notes all the things that we had you know we had to write it down during the class and then we had to like read it at home and then <laughs> it was crazy yes. and then and then and then so that in 1991 that happened 92 and then 1997 uh, because of the ponzi schemes that the government allowed to flourish people lost all their money and there was chaos and uh, people demanded the government the president to 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 leave and he wouldn't and so they broke into army depots and got you know took all the guns and it was chaos for months and months and that was right when i started call you know the university so it was like another shock you know so it was like this just impossible situation you know now what were you making in in light of all that um i haystack paintings (laughs) <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> that would have been that would have been genius. <laughs> you're out in the field. There's like all this shit going on, and you're just like painting a little Monet haystack. <laughs> Escapism. It was, it was yeah. I mean, I, I wish I had that ability. It was it was just really, you know. Imagine we had we had a model that would come in, and so we would like draw her. We didn't. I didn't study classic. As classical drawing or anything like that but we had to have uh we did pr- uh, you know semester projects like for one semester um we would deal with the theme of let's say fire or you know boredom or sky or whatever and that was one project uh, because we had a good professor who actually uh, was doing that and then during the the rest of the time we were we had a model that we would draw and do stuff like that and I mean, the model was like, um, you know, t- she was drugged, you know, like drugged up, like totally yeah. uh, losing her teeth. It was just very sad. You know, it was a very, everybody was so um, just like, like barely holding on, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, there was always this fear around you. Uh, is somebody going to shoot? 
somebody or you know right yeah that kind of thing instability yeah but life had to keep on going you know you couldn't um you couldn't stop we stopped for you know for a few months everything was frozen but then like you had to continue you couldn't just and uh yeah yeah it was it was wild there is a feeling i mean that kind of came up during covid you know when people are locked down and stuff that you know a lot of people do respond creatively to adversity, you know, yeah. and there's some people who just shut it down. It doesn't work for them. But yeah, I mean, were you during school, were you able to just keep moving and keep making or were you kind of like so, you know, anxiety ridden about the environment that you it slowed you? No, I had to, you know, I had to respond to for me, like I said earlier, it was um, art making is just really about processing these you know, these emotions that, yeah. um, uh, to, to understand my, you know, the environment I'm in. So I constantly worked, I constantly, but I, um, drew and, and, and was taking photos, was painting, doing all sorts of different things. Cause you know, when you're in, in school, you do stuff like that, but I didn't quite understand how, um, what I was going through until years later when I, um, cause I had saved, my mom had saved all of the artwork that I'd made during uh, school when I left she put it in one storage at the house and so I was able to revisit all these things afterwards like like a few years ago actually and it was it was intense you know to see what yeah. I was going through then only only looking at this stuff now I, I was I able to see what um, what kind of um, uh, state I was in emotionally you know right yeah it was, it, yeah, it's always kind of shocking to relive work anyway, yeah. let alone a, you know, a, a stressed mental state about things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was these, it was these drawings, these like line drawings of, uh, you know, just uh, figures uh, and, and you could sense the tension. It was so crazy. Yeah. Really, really interesting to, to revisit that stuff. Really interesting. Yeah, and you know, is like my favorite painting of all time, you know. And it's funny because even yeah. before I knew what all that stuff in the painting meant, like when I first saw it, like a long time ago, I just I felt like, wow, this is a painting. It's like intense, you know. You're so lucky you saw it in person. Oh no, no, I mean I'm just talking about seeing it. Oh like yeah, at, yeah, in yeah. reproduction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just you know in in studying that painting and all the things that are behind it, you realize just how much is there. But I feel like you can look at work that's made within a given time. And even if you're not experiencing that, you can really, you know, it comes through, you know, that's something to be said for the expression of making images is that, you know, there's, there's sort of a real state of mind that's, you know, encapsulated in that stuff. And that's if it's made with that, you know, exactly. Like if it's made with that intent, and it and it's it actually resists time, like it it actually makes it um, um, to the next, you know, uh, generation and the the one after that because it's it's um, it's true. Yeah, you know, it actually it wasn't trying to to mimic anything. It was actually trying to to um, uh, so like bring like hold in um to memorize something you know um uh, trying to be the residue of that moment right so yeah that is success well so 
with with the imagery that you're working through, now obviously it's mutated and changed over the year. I, I guess that's a descriptive term. It kind of has mutated. Like these forms have like taken on different right. sort of um, breaches with realism, and then also exploration into just materiality, and then form. I mean, what what are these forms to you? Like, how do you like where were you maybe when you first started abstracting those forms and and there's sort of an anthropomorphic element to a lot of it you know where it's referencing the body or forms that we we can sort of relate to but then obviously it's you know taking off from there so how did you come to that and like what does it mean to you, you mm-hmm. um it's interesting how how um to me how it all sort of unfolded uh, it you know if you can remember the the earliest work like the the very sort of realistic uh, looking stuff and um that was that was a that was a um, a very different kind of work and then i sort of reached this level of i understood First of all, it was dealing with with a different kind of um, um, emotion, like it was me trying to depict the external, as opposed to you know to, um, what the external world was was um, making me feel. So this kind of like an alien um, place, you know, moving to New York. It was like totally um, that work was developed when I moved to New York. It wasn't I hadn't painted like that before. So it was then after exploring that for a while, I, I reached a point where I completely understood it. You know, it was, it was something that uh, uh, I, could, I could no longer, it didn't, it didn't um, have any surprises in, for me anymore. It was like I could just keep on repeating myself uh, and also, it wasn't matching what I was experiencing myself in, you know, in, in my life. So um, at some point, it, it, something shifted, and it's really hard for me to, to, to put it in words. It's more like it's, it's something that um, it's very, I had just had to follow this thing that I was feeling, you know, and, yeah. and I was making some uh, very real, uh, realistic um, drawings of busts of, of uh, uh, you know, Greek, um, Greek busts uh, of like Homer and, and Nero and, um, and looking at these, looking at these busts and these um, um, reference pictures, I started to focus on the, on the portrait format a lot. And what I later realized is I was actually looking at myself, you know, instead of looking at this external world, I was, um, you know, turning, like turning it to myself, like what, you know, all these different selves or all all these different um, sort of um, um, states of being. And, and then the language started to, started to, 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 to break down into simpler forms to kind of understand the compositional elements of this new thing that just popped up out of nowhere. You know, it was, it was, um, it was quite, quite exciting, but also just frightening what was happening. 
<laughs> but that's when I realized that it was something good, you know, when you yeah. have no control over it, then I was like, I got to follow this. I got to see where this is taking me. And so things went, uh, I was using, using the same format to kind of experiment and understand this language, this new, new, new language that I was sort of, um, I stumbled upon or, or I, I came across, however you want to call it. And, uh, then that brought me to a place where I then started to expand it and see what's beyond that, you know, and how that can play with not just um, not just a, a, a frontal image um, in a in a in a in a portrait format, but also like like in a bigger in a bigger scale, you know, yeah. things interacting with each other as opposed to just one individual thing. Right, and um, they're they're also very overlapped um, um, in terms of, of of what they're trying to to talk about or what they're trying to to depict. You know, it's a bit like um, you know how like neurons in the brain, like you have different neurons that connect with each other to reproduce a a memory you know the memory is not just set it always keeps on changing so it's the same thing with these with with these elements of the composition elements they they kind of um, bring out different uh, uh, visuals you know yeah so it's it's interesting that idea of side note that idea of the memory always shifting it's always fascinating because of when i think of memories like i understand that they change over time or that it's not exactly how things were like we always accidentally sort of morph things because of time and what you don't truly remember and it's like well there's nothing there's no real reality except for the moment yeah and it's continually shifting you know like memories are memories but were they real are they exactly how we imagine Everything is slightly off, you know? So it's it's really interesting to see paintings or to see artwork or sculptures that ca- they are real. Like, they are a capturing of that time. Mm-hmm. There's a, rea- a certain reality to it, of the making of it. Yeah. That is based on, you know, a conceptual sort of fuzzy memory, in a way. Of when course. You look at it, looking of back. course. Or even when you imagine what you're going to be working on, too. At least I have that where it's like, okay, I'm going to make this show, like I'm working towards a show now and I'm like, okay, it's going to be this. It's constantly changing. Nothing comes out exactly the way that I thought it was going to be. Things are continually shifting and it's, I I guess that discovery that makes it interesting, you know, or that you learn from, you know, is to be okay with that or to navigate differences and change and what you can't control and all that stuff yeah i mean that's part of it that's what that's what i that's what i'm after that's what i um you know that's what i i i try to bring in the studio or try to find in the studio practice you know it's this moment of i'm coming in i need to like what what is it um because every day is different you know and and what you made what you worked on the day before looks different the next day you know and so there's these um, layerings of these these different times together and and they're all you can't at least for me i don't the way i the way i work is not like i have a, a, a precise idea of what i need to make 
you know. It's more like I need to see what I'm going, you know, where this is going. You know, I right. need to follow it. And so um, sometimes it's difficult for, uh, you know, the art viewer to, to follow that, that um, dynamic, you know, because a lot, of, you know, oftentimes uh, you need an answer, you know, it's this or it's this. So when you don't have that answer, then it starts to get um, aggravating, you know. Yeah. But um, there is no, like, this is how stuff works oftentimes, you know. It's like you don't know what it's going to be, you know. You don't know. You have to follow it. You have to see how, how it's going to unfold. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what's exciting for me, at least. When I go to the studio, I just like to, like, discover something, you know. That's the... That's the um, and of course, like I bring into into that practice all of what I accumulate daily, and you know, it all comes together there. You know, and there is certain certain parameters that I you know set up to like not go <laughs> all over right. the place. But right. uh, within that, within those, uh, within that uh, environment that uh, uh, I I set up, then I can just let loose and see you know see where it'll where it'll take me yeah it's such a it's such a great kind of selfish <laughs> like you know we could just live in our minds and, and like get in there and explore and you know and do our thing and then every like year or two we just you know spit some of the stuff out and, and put it in a room and tell people go look at it and try to make sense of it <laughs> you know what I mean? or at least and like I, this is how i saw it maybe uh you yeah. know this is what i this is how i i i felt it being or the, you know and, yeah and and, I mean, and then people you ask you about it they're like confused like what is it you know and then and it's funny thing is is i don't know if you feel this way but by the time i actually show uh, like hang a show it's almost like my mind's already like on to the next of thing. course it's like oh yeah. i gotta talk about this stuff and of course you're not like you know, living in that moment anymore necessarily, but you, you got to talk about, I mean, fortunately we don't really have to talk about it too much, but. Well, you know, I, I don't mind talking about it, you know, when people ask me, but it's also like, um, it's very, it's limiting, you know, you're, you're, you're limiting, uh, you know, we're talking about different artworks, you know, uh, at least I'm talking for myself because, um, uh, but yeah, like, it's like you, when I start talking about it, there's so much I want to say, <laughs> like, you know, like I just, we, I can talk for hours about it, but then that's just my journey, you know? Yeah. I want you to have your own journey with it, you know, even though, um, you know, all the elements that I am, I have, um, um, or all the emotions and experiences that I have, um, gone through while making it are still there hopefully like that's my goal is to like it's to have you know to have that stuff be there but not in a rigid form for you to right. you know not 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 to, for you to read it as if it was like written and un- you can't change it anymore yeah it's funny it's not dissimilar to like someone who makes cups you know it's like well i'm i made that thing on a wheel and i molded it so it fits a certain shape and you have this experience but I don't want you to necessarily have to be hyper conscious of every aspect of that. Right. I want you to make your own stories with it. Yeah. You drink your drinks, you live your life or whatever, you know. Definitely. And feel free, you know, like don't don't uh, cuz it's not it's not um there's no rules really. 
<laughs> well, what would be worse than if you bought that cup and then the ceramicist shows up every morning while you're having coffee? He's like, nope, nope, you got to hold it. Nope, you're sipping <laughs> exactly. It <all."> <laughs> right? Exactly. It's exactly. Like you, you do it, you put it out there, and you hope people bring their thing to the party, and it just makes it, you know, interesting. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the whole idea. That's the fun part, you know? Like, like I said, when I go to the studio, I don't want to, I just want to discover something new. You know, yeah. it's not like I need to re-see the same thing or, you know, feel the same thing. or Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, what are you working on now? Do you got new, are you doing new things? Are you working towards something? Are you just in studio mode? Um, yeah, I have, um, I have a show coming up in LA. Uh, my friend Peter Harkaway, who has um, a gallery called uh, uh, Real Pain Fine Arts, um, mm-hmm. has... Um, uh, we have been talking about a show, so it's, it should be happening sometime in like late January, nice. early February, and uh, that's the that's the only thing that's kind of set right now. Right. Now, and do you does it take you a long time to make your work? Do you have to work on a show for you know quite I actually, a while. Or? I I don't um, I don't work for a show. It's more like I work on on different things. And then slowly those things come together in a group, you know, and then that's a show. But it's not like until that group is together that the show would happen, you know. So it's very, it's very, it's very not, not, not that well organized, I guess. (laughs) It's like, sometimes it takes, it takes like, you know, two years to finish something or three years maybe depending on uh, sometimes six months sometimes two months you know depending yeah. on what um, because of its the nature of my work being very sort of open and not not having a, a you know a sort of plan pre-planned right. thing it's more like I need to to resolve them with as, as time goes by yeah so a little more organic in there yeah it's just a little lifespan yeah, it's just you know it's different. It's different. It's it's um. It also depends on what 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 mind space I'm in at the time. You know, yeah. like it takes yeah. longer to, to resolve certain things and quicker than others. And so, I've always been relatively quick with painting because I work with acrylics and I'm you know I'm not. And you have a different I, process. You know, you have a totally different, different process. Yeah. yeah, but I've I've noticed that since I've had a kid, I'm even faster. There's like less Yeah, motion. there's I'm nothing wrong like, with that. <laughs> there's nothing gotta, wrong with that. I got a few hours here. I got to make it happen. <laughs> you, it's like, you know, it's so, um, ref, like, I love when that happens, you know? Yeah. That mo- like, that's like, that's what I want. And it's not just to, like, move through things quickly, but it's like, for something to come together quickly like that, there's something so refreshing about it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And it happens at times. It, it, it sometimes it happens slower. Sometimes it happens faster. But when it happens, it's like, oh man, this is great, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like the grass is always greener too, because you'll have like a, a haiku poet who will look at like a novel and think, oh, it must be so nice to spend a year and a half and like really flesh out things. And then a novelist is like, oh my god, you're done in like twenty minutes. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like the totally. other method is always like, oh, that must be nice. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, the artist's sort of envy, you know. 
Yes. I had a friend who would take it would take him like a year to make a painting. And uh that I can safely say I never envied. Yeah. I mean it's you <laughs> Although, know you don't have to make that many stretchers. No, I mean I I don't even use stretchers. I don't even use canvas. I just paint on a on a on a board. On so board. Yeah, yeah. it's even like it's even quicker. But I also like I, I don't I don't spend like one year in front of the painting, you know? It's just right, like right. I keep them around, and so at times I will look at it. At times I would look at something else and hide that. You know, there's a lot of like moving things around to kind of yeah, yeah. So, but that to, that might be the moving around. You know, like I do this thing where I have to change my medium. Like I like to work digitally for a little, and then when I get sick of that, I want to work on paper, and then I yeah, you know, I kind of keep that changing. I think that's a similar thing is where. I can't put something away and then work on it a year later or three months later. Like I got to finish it. Yeah. I don't know why, because I feel like everybody's, different. I come back to it and I feel divorced from it in some way. But, yeah. Yeah. but I think that's a similar thing to where like, if you have a bunch around, I know artists who do that where they'll work on it and turn it around. They need to refresh. They need to like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to look at that for a while. see it fresh and then come back at it. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's all like we find these ways to keep us engaged and that's the I think the thing we learned from this podcast you got it the test is just keep plowing through <laughs> relentlessly you, got, you just gotta just, keep on going <laughs> just going no matter what hurricane or tornado you whatever it is working. oh you have a hurricane there right now it kind of dodged us a bit okay. I mean well sorry to speak for anyone who got it bad but at least here it was just rainy okay. I think out in Long Island it really Okay. hit a little harder oh yeah yeah it always but yeah it's always stress ever since sandy which you know was that was stressful. Yeah. i was i was moving actually when sandy happened <laughs> that's bad timing <laughs> it was so bad so badly uh, timed but i mean <laughs> hopefully not to a ground floor apartment no it was like it was worse than that <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you were underground. You were in the ocean? Waterfront property? <laughs> a houseboat. No, I had like, I found an apartment and um, it fell through. And so I had to find another one, but the cell phones weren't working. And oh. so it was just like, I was in limbo for like, for like two weeks. I didn't know where. <laughs> That's unsettling. That's not good. Yeah. Well, that's, all that stuff builds character. It does. It does. It does. Um, well, man, it was great to catch up. It's been too long. You too, man. It's been quite a long time. Thanks. It was great to talk. Thank you. You too. <laughs> <laughs>